Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So, but before I get into it, I really want to share with you a, a survey that I do everywhere. I ask people a question. Ask people a question because... Reach and reproduce, you've got to understand, isn't just a good idea for a year or for a season. Reach and reproduce is the core message of what we're called to do as a church. And so the reality is this question kind of gets to the heart of what's the main game. We've got to keep the main game the main game, amen? We've got to keep the main game the main game. And I ask this question to leaders, to pastors, to to people wherever I go. And even I asked it to uh, the college the other day and I said, look, Here's a bunch of things, not just how are you going, but I I believe God cares not just how you're going, He cares about how you're growing. And I I wonder if when we catch up with people and when we spend time with people, we could tailor our questions more to how are you going, how's your week been, to how are you growing? What really matters is how are you growing in the things of God and how are you growing in the idea of reaching and reproducing, how are you doing in that? And So I ask this question in kindness, how are you growing? In patience, how are you growing? And all of these things up on the screen, you'll see these, this list of, I ask it all the time, kindness, encouragement, reading the word, patience, discipleship, authority, honesty, sexual purity, humility, prayer. And you know, the crazy thing is, every time that I ask this question, the results are always the same. No matter what I ask, I always say, give me, give me an honest answer. It's totally, totally anonymous. Out of 10, how are you going in this area? Always the three lowest things are, number one, discipleship. How are you going in the area of discipleship? What is discipleship? Discipleship is reproducing. And so what I want to do tonight is, in this area, hone in on something that we really, it's hard. It's not our fault. We want to disciple. God says, hey, go and disciple all nations. But the thing is, in church, the word discipleship can be very ambiguous, It can be complex. Where do I start? I don't know how to disciple. And so I want to take the reproduce part of reach and reproduce. And I want to study it tonight. I want to see what Jesus says about it. I want to push us a little bit further so that we can do it to another level, produce fruit. Is anyone ready for this? We've got to keep the main game, the main game. You know, on our wedding day, um, we had an outdoor wedding and it was February 4th, 2012. And we've been married for four years now. And uh, I think Lauren just ran out to feed Judah. So yeah, she did. Okay, awesome. We've been married for four years and it's been the best time. We dated for three and a half years and we had this, all this wedding day. Anyone recently married in here? Anybody recently married? Nah? Oh yeah, over there. Come on down the front row. Absolutely. And the thing about the wedding day, it's such a big lead up, right? You are like putting so much into it. There's so much energy and effort. And it was an outdoor wedding. It's in the middle of February, stinking hot. Not on our wedding day. Outdoor wedding and, and against all odds, the driest month of the year, it rains on our wedding day outside. And Lauren is devastated. She spent hours setting this up and she's poured all this time into making it beautiful and she copied everything from Pinterest, of course. And she was just, just spending so much time on these, on these tables and all of a sudden it starts pouring and Lauren is devastated. 
We're trying to work out other plans and it's just like, no, nah, we got people with garbage bags on their head walking around having a great time. It was good. There's all of our photos from the wedding are with people with garbage bags on their head. It's amazing. It's all the ladies that spend all their time on their hair, just a garbage bag. That's what they remember. And we literally was standing that moment and I remember Lauren was just bawling her eyes out and she was just so upset. And all of her plans, her months of planning have just gone to ruin. As a young girl thinking, man, my wedding day, my wedding day. In a moment by the rain and an outdoor wedding in the middle of February in the Australian summer, ruined. And so she's crying. I'm not crying. I'm like, come on, babe. It's a wedding. It's, come on, it's supposed to be fun. Let's just make it fun. She's like, you don't understand. My Pinterest decorations, my candles. And she was saying all this stuff. And I said, babe, come on. And I remember having our first marital argument right there and then. And I was like, babe, no, seriously, we got to get back to the point of, of what we're doing. And I remember going into the toilets and I remember just getting on my knees and saying, God, give me wisdom, give me guidance on how to deal with this. And he just put this heart, put this thing in my heart, keep the main game, the main game. And so I went out there and said, babe, you know what? This isn't about a wedding. This isn't about decoration. This is about a celebration of life. And how easy is it that in the midst of when we're going through life, we get worried about the decorations or the little things and the, the things that are really auxiliary to the main purpose. That day was about a celebration of love and a future starting together, but we got caught up in the rain. And so in the midst of the storm and where there's things going on, it's easy for us to get focused on those things rather than keeping the main game the main game. And I came to preach a message on reach and reproduce, which is the main game. Anyone ready for that? We're going to go into the talents. We're going to open up the Word of God. It's important for us to have a look at this. I want to look at 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, the core scripture of this, because this is where it comes out of. This is the heart. It says this, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This is what discipleship is. This is, this is Paul saying, come on, I, I'm defining it for you further so that you can go and reach and reproduce. I need you to go and find these people. And this is a core verse, but I want to take a parable that Jesus spoke. And I want to I I argue that this parable is actually taking that statement by Paul further and deeper in our understanding of what discipleship is about. Because I want to make this concept of reproduction, not ambiguous, not hard to define. I want to make it very clear so that we can all do it because this is the main game. This is what it says in Matthew 25. We look at the parable of the talents. This is one of the great discipleship verses, portions of Scripture in the Bible. And it says this in verse 14, 25, Matthew 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey. For it will be like, and for in that moment, I look at it and I go, what, what will be like? For it will be like, so tell me what will be like. And if I look back, he's, he's explaining to people, he's explaining to people what the kingdom of God will be like. So in all the other things, he's saying the kingdom of God will be like, the kingdom of God will be like, and he's explaining the kingdom of God to people. But what do we know about the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? We know that if we seek first the kingdom of God, all other things will be added. He also says in Matthew, Jesus says himself, we know that it's in the Lord's prayer. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. I want to put to you that the kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. 
The kingdom of God is how God would have it done, His pattern, His way of doing things in order, in order that His will be done on earth. So the kingdom of God is like, it's, it's important for understand, to understand the context in order to understand the talents properly. Because this is saying, God, this is God's way of doing things that His will on earth will be done. So then we read on, understanding that. He says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property and entrusted. Now it's starting to sound like 2 Timothy 2.2. Find reliable people and entrust them with something. So now I'm listening. Now I'm listening. God's trying to get a point across to me and, and, and in, this, in this verse. And it's sounding a lot like 2 Timothy 2 2. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, two. Let me read it from here. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said the exact same words because it doesn't matter how much you have, whether you're faithful with what God's given you, he will always say the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. This is what it means to be successful, to lean into reaching and reproducing. This is what God says. When he finds people that are faithful and reproduce and reach, he says, well done. I want to, I want to receive those words from God. Does anyone here want to receive that? I want to receive well done, good and faithful servant. That's the main game right there. But his master answers, so he goes, anyway, he says, Master, you know, that, so, sorry, 24, verse 24, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid the talent in the ground. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you know that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. That sounds to me like a miracle. I gather where there is no seed. How does that even happen? So we're talking about a master. They know that he actually does miracles. He knows that, that out of nothing, he creates something, but yet still he held onto it, yet he still hid it. This is an amazing piece of scripture. I want you to get this in your heart because this is the core of 2 Timothy 2.2. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. A pretty serious piece of scripture right here. There's a pretty serious statement by Jesus. He's explaining the talents. The talents, what are the talents? The talents are a measurement system. The talents were a way to measure value from the master. The, the talents were a measurement of what the, what the master valued most. What is it that God values the most? What is it that Jesus values the most? Out of everything that there is, what does He value as number one? 
What does he value as number one? He values as number one people, you and I. The master values people. And so what this talent is talking about is he's talking about things that he's entrusted to people, which are people, things that are so valued. God has entrusted people to you and I, not people around you, parents, children, friends at work. He's entrusted people into our lives and he's asking, what are we doing with it? Why reach and reproduce is so powerful is because he's looking for fruit in your life and my life because there is investments to be made. There are investments to be made, but not into stocks. We do those things for a reason and for a purpose, not into houses. We do that for a purpose. The purpose is people. The purpose that God's kingdom is like, the way that God does things to achieve His will on earth is reaching and reproducing, is taking the investment that He's given and sowing it and reproducing it in others. Because there is only one investment that is eternal. There is only one investment that lasts. There's only one investment that really matters above everything else. And that is into the lives of others. Why does this church, why do we, why do we champion community? Because it's about relationship. Relationship is number one because Jesus, that's how we understand the context of our relationship between our heavenly father through relationship. And so he's looking, he's, he's finding, he's asking, he's coming back to see what have you done? with the people that I've entrusted you with, the talents, the value, the measure, and what have you invested into them and what have you reproduced? Jesus made it clear that he's into producing and and he's into finding produce from you. When he visited the fig tree, in Matthew, he visits the fig tree and he finds, he's looking for fruit, but he sees only leaves and he ends up saying to the fig tree, you, you'll never produce anything ever again because I'm looking for something. I'm looking for fruit. I'm looking for you to reproduce as people in Christianity. Let me tell you something. Christianity is only experienced in its fullness when we invest into others. You know, psychologists, they'll... They, they've figured it out, but they don't, even, they don't even reference the Bible. They think they're smart and they figured it out, but they just figured it out because they know it works. The biggest cure for depression is actually helping other people. They'll tell you, if you're in depression, you go see, well, they'll set you up with a program where you help and invest into other people because that is the cure for the joy of the Lord is my strength and it's found in investment into other people. And so whatever you're going through, whatever tough time, whatever stress, I'm telling you right now, discipleship, why are your pastors pushing, reach and reproduce? Because they know it's a secret to joy in your life. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Reach and reproduce. God's looking for fruit. He's looking for discipleship. But the thing is, that's cool. But how do I disciple? I want to make it so clear and so easy that it's not something that only pastors can do. It's not something that only leaders can do. Every single person in here can reach and they can reproduce. And I want to break it down tonight. Is that all right? This is how I disciple. I want to, I want to get some leaders up right now, right here. Five, five guys to help me. If that's all right, we're going to do something. Oh, here they are, side of stage. You guys been waiting there the whole time? Come on, give these guys a hand as they help me out. Dan, thank you so much. You guys ready to go and uh, make some disciples tonight? Come on, you got to be more excited than that. Come on, there you go, there you go. This is what I want us to do, stretching it out, getting ready, because you are going to have to jump off this stage. That's why I got you up there, because you're an athlete, I know that. (laughs) 
<laughs> takes after me, he says. Thank you. That's very kind. You know what? What we're going to do is we're going to do something. I believe that discipleship is defined simply by this, to helping other people get on their feet. There are a lot of people that are going through depression, that are going through tough times. And, you know, we're called to people just to help them take their next step. We're called to help people take the next step. So I want you guys to help. I want you guys to help all of us tonight get on our feet. So I want you to do this, just to demonstrate the power of discipleship. Why did Jesus choose discipleship as the context to carry the message of hope to the world? I'm about to show you why. I want you guys each to go and get three people, and I want you to find three people around at the back, at the front, middle, wherever, and I want you to pull them up and get them to stand to their feet. Are you ready? You guys ready? You stretched up? You better not pull a groin when you jump off this because we'll see what happens, they said. This could happen. You guys ready to jump? I'm telling you, you have to jump. Make this a good jump. Here we go. On the count of three. Come on, we're going to count them down, church. One, two, three. Go and make disciples. Go ahead. That was a lame jump. Oh, that's all right. Stand to your feet, stand to your feet. All right, everybody standing to your feet. We got five people. I want to show on screen. We got five people. Now we got, have we got three people? You're forcing him to stand up. He did not want to stand up. That was a straight up strong arm. That was, we got 20 people right now standing to our feet in there. Oh, okay, this is in one motion of all of us getting three people that we just discipled and helped them up onto their feet. All of you 20, I want you to find three people now. Is that all right? If they might be around you, they might be behind you. I want you to pull someone up to their feet. Just three people, three people. Just tap them on their shoulder, invite them to stand with you. There we go. Has everyone got three? Everyone got three? All right, now we got... How many people we got? We got 80 people standing up. All right, now all you 80, you know what to do. On the count of three, go and make disciples. One, two, three. Find three people. Find three people. Find three people. No one left untouched. No one left unhelped. Find, if you haven't found three people, find three people. Hey, there's some people at the back. You need to help them up. Come on, we need to get out of our seats and help them up. All right, where are we at now? Where are we at now? We got 320 people to their feet. All right, now you 320 people, three people. You know how it is. Everybody else, come on. Here we go. Everyone's just doing the lazy hand from their seat. That's awesome. That's all right. So how many we got? No one sitting down. Everybody touched. Tap them on the shoulder. Everybody standing up. So now we ran out of people, but let me tell you, if every three people, if, if every person, the 320, tapped three people on the shoulder and helped them stand up to their feet, we'd be at 1,280 people right here, right now. This is the power of discipleship. Why God chose discipleship and why your pastors are so passionate about reach and reproduce is because this is Jesus's way of doing it. The kingdom of heaven is like, this is His way of getting His will into the people who are lost and hurting and confused and depressed and don't know because discipleship is the answer, everybody. Discipleship is the answer. But what if 1,200 and... 80 people found three people. 
So you're telling me that's five steps. We got the whole place on its feet. We, we lifted up a whole auditorium full of people. How many steps away are we from Adelaide? That's what I want to know. Come on, somebody. This is, what, this is what matters. This is what reach and reproduce. I want to know how far do I have to reach to actually reach this city? 5,120, 20,480, 81,930. So you're telling me we are, four, we are five steps away from 1.3 million people if we all disciple three people and then go and do it again and then go do it again. And all I have to do, those five guys on stage have to get a revelation. They have to carry something and they have to say, God, I know you've given me this responsibility, this little talent, this little ability. And I know that you've called me not to hold it to myself but to be a good and faithful servant and go and say, hey, I'm reaching you and I'm going to reproduce what God's done in me. And all I have to do is help them take a step that I've taken before. I don't have to be a wizard at, but maybe I've, maybe I've learned something in my marriage. Maybe I've learned something in, in what it means to be a good worker and I can just help someone who's struggling with, with landing a job and holding a job. Maybe I can just pull someone up from where they're at to their feet from where they weren't before. You guys can take your seats. Thank you so much for, for being a part of my message. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's, and you don't fall asleep, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, we're, we're not that far from reaching our city because the, God has designed, you know, the, the, the same reason why so many of us were, were standing, the same reason why just five people were able to impact and, and pull up so many of you is the same reason we're here today because the gospel was carried upon this concept of discipleship, of reproduction back 2,000 years ago. And the only reason you and I are here in Adelaide, South Australia, talking about Jesus Christ is because some people were faithful and they were trustworthy that when Jesus discipled them, that they carried it and they said, you know what, I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to be trustworthy and I'm going to take reach and reproduce seriously and I'm going to touch a city, touch a nation and the nations of the world. Go make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and all the world. Why Atlanta? For that reason. That's why we're in Atlanta. I didn't even know. I thought, man, there's so many churches in Atlanta. There's so many People that know of God in Atlanta, why Atlanta? But then I, funny story, we're sitting down there the first couple of weeks and we're having this, talking this Bible study and this guy brings in this big Bible, this study Bible and he's like, man, I, I, I and I'm like, this guy knows his stuff. He, he's, he's come to teach me a lesson. And that's, that was his attitude. He came to teach me a lesson. And I was like, cool, look, talk to me, bro. And he starts talking about a devotions with Israel and they fought against the Philippines. And I was like, sorry, sorry, say that again. The Israel fought the Philippines. He's like, yeah, they fought the Philippines. And I'm like, you mean the island just off the coast of... And he's like, yes. And so I realized at that moment that I was in the right place. And I'm like, all of my reasons of like, man... But you think, see, there's a lot of religion in the world, but there's not a lot of Christ followers. There's not a lot of people who take... Thank God for Victory Church who take the Bible seriously enough to know that it's the Philistines and not the Philippines. <laughs> they take us seriously enough to say, you know what, we, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to be, what are we going to focus on? How about discipleship? How about reaching people who are lost and reproducing the love of Jesus that's in this building out there? How about making disciples and how about pulling some people up to their feet that are currently not? And this is what it means. And I'm so thankful that we get it. 
the Philippines. This is genius. It doesn't get more practical than this. That to reach and reproduce literally means to open up my iCow right now. Or my Android cow, whatever you call the, you guys call the Android cow. I don't know what it is. Calendar, probably. <laughs> but it literally gets as practical as opening up your calendar. Looking at your week and saying, where can I fit a catch up with someone who right now is not standing on their feet that I can help pull up? Because so many people are waiting for you to reach out to them, to pull them up, to help them, to not ask them, how are you going? But ask them, how are you growing? How, how's your marriage growing? How's your, how's your job growing? How are you going at school? This is what we're called to do. And it really is that practical. And I wanna, if I can, just prompt you and, and stir you to make some time in your day, in your calendar. But, but Mark, I'm busy. I know we all are busy. There's so many things that take up life. And Jesus doesn't, ask his disciples, to, hey, let's make another time on top of everything. He just says, hey, follow me. So I've got a different concept for you guys. Discipleship doesn't have to look like three hours that you take out when you go, oh, but I've got to spend time with my kids and I don't see my wife. No, just invite them to your house and do life with them. Whatever you're doing, just get them to do it with you. Ask them, say, hey, just follow me as I go to the shops. Follow me as I go to the gym. I love the fact me and Benno and Dan been going to the gym and it's just doing life together, relationship. Iron sharpening iron because it doesn't sharpen itself, everybody. Iron sharpens iron. So God's put this method, this, He's put this into the, into the DNA of who we are as people, as church, that multiplication happens through discipleship. Jesus' way of doing things, He did it 3D, three quick Ds, and I'm about to finish. He says, I'm going to discover people, I'm going to develop people, and I'm going to deploy people. This is how we disciple discover, look for the people who God's called you to. Ask, go say, God, put names in my heart. Put people, And then say, God, give me the tools. Give me the ability to develop the things of God in them and then deploy, put them in places and send them out. You know why? Because discipleship is not just sowing into people, but it's actually encouraging people to sow into others too. Because this is the thing, a healthy river has an inlet and an outlet. If we don't if we're not discipling to make disciples, to make disciples, to make disciples, like 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, we end up damming our river. And it becomes a swamp because it has a healthy inlet, but it has no healthy outlet. And I see too many swamps and I say, you know what, I, I, discipleship is the cure to open up the dam and pour that healthy outlet out like God's called us to pour out. My greatest memories are from discipleship moments. This is my last thought. Matthew 16 Verse 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. If you do try and hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Number one, the deny yourself part. Have a quick look at this uh, chart. This is what my life looks like. I do a lot for others. I do a lot for my church. I do a lot for work. I do a lot for my family. But I have this little time of self. What, what the denying yourself part looks like is this. Next slide. It looks like this portion decreasing. See, I must decrease so that he may increase. And so God's 
God's, what, what he wants to do in your life is increase the others so others may live. In fact, that's the whole message of the gospel. There's no greater love than a man laid down his life for another. Come on, somebody. This is what reach and reproduce means. Number two, the part of this verse I don't quite understand is take up my cross daily. Does he, what does that mean? Does he mean making sure I've got my necklace on? The little cross? No, it doesn't mean that at all. You see, taking up your cross, it's a symbol of sacrifice for others. The cross symbolizes the greatest sacrifice for others. So taking up my cross daily literally means picking up the mindset of reach and reproduce taking up the mindset that my life counts to reach and reproduce. And if the keys could just quickly come, we're about to close here. But my biggest heart for us tonight is that we would catch this in a new way and not just not be motivated to do it, but actually practically take the steps to make the appointments, to actually see, look, if you can just disciple three people. Who are those three people? I understand you guys wrote down names last Sunday night of people that you, God's called you to reach in this city? What if those three names, it wasn't just telling them about Jesus, but what if it was discipling them and equipping them and taking what God's given you and reinvesting it into the thing that matters? People, come on. He values them and he loves them so much and he wants to use you to help pull them up from where they are. I reckon we can pull this whole city up onto its feet. We're only a few steps away. Discipleship is the key. God's agenda to reach and reproduce. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 